the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Pray always and do not lose heart. Pray always and do not lose heart. Say it with me. Pray always and do not lose heart. Many of you may know that Scott and I went to Alabama last weekend for our son Kyle's wedding. He's an Army Ranger. And as we were getting ready for the wedding, I was riding in the car with him, and he was telling me about his latest class that he took to keep himself physically fit. The Rangers have to be in top physical condition. It could save their life. So he takes it very seriously. And they get some top-notch people in to train them. This particular guy had been a mountain climber, and he had a whole philosophy around what you need to eat, what kind of exercises you need to do, where your mental state needs to be. And so Kyle said, he's had a number of these classes. And I said, well, tell me, what is the most important thing you've learned in this? And he said, being persistent. He said, I don't care if you're doing arm curls with a pencil, but if you do them every day, you will notice some change. Persistence is what it's all about. Doing it continually. Pray always and never lose faith. Pray always, never lose heart. So, he continually does his exercises every day, no matter what, so that he can build up the strength that he needs. In the Gospel, we hear about this widow who's a real pain to the judge. I mean, she goes constantly to the judge, bothering him and whining at him. And as parents, we know what that's like. They wear you down. And then all of a sudden you find yourself finally paying attention and making a decision because they're just on you constantly, whining and whining. And so what we hear in the gospel today is that if an unjust judge will listen to a whiny widow, what will God do for us, God who loves us? Pray always and do not lose heart. Well, I find I lose heart when I'm praying because my prayers aren't answered in what I feel they should be answered. God's not doing what God should be doing. He should be granting me my wishes. And then I'm reminded that God does not look like Glenda in The Wizard of Oz. Probably not. You know, I want God with the gown and the, and the wand, and I want God granting my wishes. It's what I want my answers to prayers to be. But that isn't how prayer works. When we pray always, we are being transformed. But it's kind of like watching a young child grow up. If you're there every day watching the child, you don't see the changes that have occurred. But there is incredible power in praying always. Now, I've been away on diocesan business. I was gone for two weeks in a row at two different conference centers, one in Virginia 
and one in Mississippi. They had phenomenal food and they fed you every meal. I mean, I'm having waffles for breakfast and you know, grits and steak for lunch and I've got this wedding coming up, I barely fit in the dress to begin with. So I really got a little upset during this thinking, you know, I'm on a runaway freight train with my eating, I've got to do something about this, I'm never going to get into the dress, which I had to pick up at the, the woman who was making it fit for me and it was tight to begin with. So, so one night in Mississippi I went to bed, and because I always bring my work up, workout clothes on trips, but I never work out. I don't know, somehow it makes me feel better to drag those sneakers and shorts and t-shirt, but you know, I just never put them on and do anything. So I go to bed Monday night, and I'm really upset. I'm like, God, you must help me. I'm not going to fit in this dress, and I just have to get up and run, and you know, it's not, the thing doesn't start till nine. I got plenty of time. I got a, I'm on central time, so I've got another hour. Help me, help me, please. So I wake up the next morning, this voice in my head, you know, it was like 6.30, voice in my head goes, really need to get out and run. And I'm thinking to myself, there's no way I'm getting out to run. I can sleep for another hour and a half. And the voice says, no, you really need to get out and run. And I'm having this argument with myself. So I, I tell myself, shut up, you know, I'm trying to sleep here. The voice said, you asked me for help last night. It's like, oh! <laughs> I swear this is true. I'm thinking, wow, that might be God. I guess I got out of bed put on my sneakers and went running. Well, running is a generous word, but I did go faster than a walk. And I did the next couple of days. So at Bible study this past Tuesday night, we read the story about Tabitha that Peter raised from the dead. And it was a very powerful story. This woman who has been doing ministry and, and helping people who need clothing get clothing dies, and Peter shows up, and he goes into her room, and he kneels down, and he prays, and she's raised up from the dead. So we're sitting around talking about this. I mean, you know, it's 2010. How do we believe this? What is this really about? And what we talked about was the transforming power of the name of Jesus and how much power that has. And we forget how much power it has. And we talked about how participating in the Bible study had begun to transform us, to be in that place where we're hearing about the transforming power of God and what the name and the power of the name of Jesus is about, particularly in the book of Acts. Well, the next day, as the Holy Spirit had it, a bunch of clergy, we were downtown at a luncheon for Pathstone. Pathstone is an organization that has helped people transition out of poverty. They help with housing, they help with employment, wonderful community agency. And we're down at this luncheon, and this woman gets up in front of a couple of hundred people. And she said, 15 years ago, I was a single mom with three kids, one on the way, addicted to drugs. And she said, now I have a fulfilling job. I have my bachelor's degree from Nazareth. I love my life. It's been turned around. And she said, and I'm going to tell you what turned my life around. Hundreds of people, the edge of their seats, listening. She said, Jesus Christ, and I'm not ashamed of it. She said, it was the love of Jesus that turned my life around. 
And it was an amazing moment because she was so sincere and you could feel the power in her voice. What else could have turned her from drugs? What else could have helped her get on the path? Jesus was the way. Pathstone helped her continue along the way. We forget the power of Jesus. This is why we're here at St. Peter's. This is, we could have community agencies maybe doing some of our work. We could go to clubs to have community. But we're here because of Jesus and the power of Jesus, the power that comes in the name, the transformative power of love that comes from God through Jesus. It makes a difference. Now, we have this food ministry starting. The fact that it comes from a church makes a difference. The fact that we're here as a beacon on the throughway with the cross lit up at night makes a difference. That our community and our fellowship is around Jesus. And there's power in that, transformative power. So that when we pray, and we open ourselves up to that power, that power that can resurrect from the dead. We too are changed by that. And then we can go out and proclaim that to others. So they too can be transformed.